Good morning, Sonship, and welcome to A Course in Miracles daily reading conference call where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today, I hope I have it right, we're on Chapter 29, Section 8, The Lingering Illusions. We'll be reading Paragraphs 43 to 51. Let's see, you can access an original edition by going to jcim.net, and you'll see the menu bar that says Online Edition. We gather Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll read each paragraph twice until we are finished. We also invite our workbook lesson, um, excuse me, our workbook lesson into our study today, which is lesson number 308. This instant is the only time there is. And finally, and most importantly, I want to take uh, a little business, uh, take care of business here. While we are one, we are technically separated with our various devices. So if you are on Skype, if you could make sure you speak close to the microphone. If you are on an iPhone or an Android uh, mobile device, please, when you're speaking, don't use speakerphone because it picks up all the background noise. And if you're on a regular phone, God bless you. Um, and I think that's it for the technology. Hopefully that will clear up. Oh, yeah, and if you're not speaking, most importantly, um, if you would make sure you're on mute. I think I got them right. If, unless there's anyone else that wants to add to that, I'm completely open. Don't forget to come off mute if you want to talk. <laughs> or read. <laughs> All right, Bryce, you reading? Uh, I'm driving. Thank you. All right. So, in order, we have Sharon, Lee, Paula, Fran, Ida, Reverend Rija, and Carl. Rob, listening. And Rob, good morning. Listening. Glad you're here. So, in this holy instant, I'm going to turn the call over to my sister Sharon for morning centering. Sharon? Thank you. Dear Brother Jesus, I love the first sentences of today's reading. You say, quote, Seek not outside yourself, for it will fail, and you will weep each time an idol falls. Unquote. Already, I know I'm going to easily relate to this. Deep within, I know nothing absolutely nothing in this world has intrinsic value. You prove it to me. For instance, I can go on a lovely vacation and be absolutely miserable or fearful. You remember when I created this one, right? You can have a talent that others would have. I can have a talent that others would love to have, but it may bring me no pleasure at all. Like, the paintbrushes I haven't picked up in over a year. A few years ago, I had the same job I have now. How did I feel then? Alone and fearful. How do I feel at work now? Very blessed. Looking forward to Monday on Saturday. Now, that's an amazing thing. So what changed? Was it the world I see outside, quote-unquote? What brings value to any moment? It's love. It's peace. Period. I am learning 
that what blocks me from the true happiness that I desire is simply my judgment. Every single one, whether large or subtle, blocks my connection with you. You are within. Ah, I cannot find my, quote, within without forgiveness, without surrendering thought after thought. It has to be a habit. A habit I practice. You say, quote, seek not outside yourself, for all your pain comes simply from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it must be found. What if it's not there? Do you prefer that you be right or happy? Unquote. I know my current happiness comes from holding my beliefs very lightly in my hand. For instance, some kindergarten teachers believe in teaching uppercase letter formation at the beginning of the year. I believe it's important to teach lowercase printing as early as September. Who is right? Do I believe I am right? Well, I believe I'm more right than they do, than they are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does it really matter? No. What if I didn't think I was right at all? What if I just ask for guidance about how I teach and what I teach all day long, every day? What about my just saying, okay, speak through me right now. Okay, plan for me. How would I feel then? Do I want to be recognized? Do I want to be seen as special, even subtly? Oh, yeah. Let it go. Please help me let it go. I so want peace instead of this. The more I know peace, the more I value it. The more I know peace, the more that static dissipates. Help me know it more each day. But would all that peace, like tons and tons of peace, make me weird? <laughs> would I be a zombie if I was too peaceful? <laughs> would anyone be able to relate to me? Would I be able to relate to them? Would I be an outcast? Oh, man. <laughs> Please take my fear. It does nothing for me but make me fearful <laughs> and separate me from what I really do want. And that's a good thing. It makes the road very clear. I either am in peace or I'm not. I know how to be there. I know how to not be there. Period. You ask, quote, Yet, does he seek to kill God's Son within and prove that he is victor over him? This is the purpose every idol has. For this, the role that is assigned to it. And this, the role that cannot be fulfilled. Unquote. So do I compete? Do I want to be seen as a better teacher than you are because I have been at it so much longer than you? Yes. What price do I pay for this desire? The cost is knowing 
my brother Jesus. It is knowing myself. It is knowing God. You say, the cost is death. Is it worth it? You remind me to, quote, seek not outside yourself. The search implies you are not whole within and fear to look upon your devastation and prefer to seek outside yourself for what you are, unquote. Yes, I do want the recognition from my boss, from the secretaries, from my co- colleagues. I seek, even subtly, life outside of myself. What if I were to receive a poor evaluation? How would I feel about myself? What is the cost of seeking life outside of myself? It is fear. I look outside myself, you tell me, to keep the truth from my awareness. You tell me I, look, I feel a powerful loyalty to the things I think I want. Yes, they are all outside of me. When I look outside, I am miserable. Even subtly miserable is miserable. It is for no other reason than it does not come from within. Therefore, I'll never have it as long as I look without. Whatever that it may be, such a paradigm shift I am involved in. Amazing. You remind me to, quote, look not to idols. Do not seek outside yourself. Let us forget the purpose of the world the past has given it. For otherwise, the future will be like the past and be what and be but a series of depressing dreams in which all idols fail you one by one. And you see death and disappointment everywhere. Unquote. I know there is hope for myself because I have given and received love. I know what love is, at least to the degree that I know it. I have experienced peace, at least to the degree that I have experienced it. So I know what peace is. Please teach me more. Help me guard my thoughts. (laughs) It always comes down to this, doesn't it? And to forgive, right? So simple, period. So why do I often resist true love and true peace? You answer, quote, the fear of God is but the fear of loss of idols. It is not the fear of loss of your reality, but you have made of your reality an idol which you must protect against the light of truth. And all the world becomes the means by which this idol can be saved. The salvation thus appears to threaten life and offer death. Unquote. Ah, thank goodness this is all a big lie. All you want for me, for us, is absolute abundance, cup brimming over of that which truly can make us happy. You truly love us. God truly loves us. I move forward again, forward to you, 
to the Holy Spirit, to God. I want to bring everyone there with me. I can see such beauty, even in Donald Trump in this moment. This must be heaven. (laughs) Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Sharon. Amen. Thank you, Sharon. That was adorable. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. The Lingering Illusion, 43. Seek not outside yourself, for it will fail, and you will weep each time an idol falls. Heaven cannot be found where it is not, and there can be no peace excepting there. Each idol that you worship when God calls will never answer in his place. And there is no answer you can substitute and find happiness his answer brings. Seek not outside yourself, for all your pain comes simply from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it must be found. What if it is not there? Do you prefer to be right or happy? Be you glad that you are told where happiness abides and seek no longer elsewhere. You will fail but it is given you to know the truth and not to seek for it outside yourself. So perfect, I read that. Sharon, 43 and 44, please. (laughs) Seek not outside yourself, for it will fail, and you will weep each time an idol falls. Heaven cannot be found where it is not, and there can be no peace excepting there. Each idol that you worship when God calls will never answer in his place. There is no other answer you can substitute and find the happiness his answer brings. Seek not outside yourself, for all your pain comes simply from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it must be found. What if if it is not there? Do you prefer that you be right or happy? Do be you glad that you are told where happiness abides and seek no longer elsewhere? You will fail, but it is given you to know the truth and not to seek for it outside yourself. No one who comes here but must still have hope some lingering illusion or some dream that there is something outside of himself that will bring happiness and peace to him. If everything is in him, this cannot be so. And therefore, by his coming, he denies the truth about himself and seeks for something more than everything, as if a part of it were separated off and found where all the rest of it is not. This is the purpose he bestows upon the body, that it seek for what he lacks and give him what would make himself complete. And thus he wanders aimlessly about in search of something that he cannot find, believing that he is what he is not. Thank you, Sharon. 
Lee, 44 and 45, please. No one who comes here but must still have hope, some lingering illusion or some dream, that there is something outside of himself that will bring happiness and peace to him. If everything is in him, this cannot be so. And therefore, by his coming, he denies the truth about himself and seeks for something more than everything, as if a part of it were separated off and found where all the rest of it is not. This is the purpose he bestows upon the body, that it seek for what he lacks and give him what would make himself complete. And thus he wanders aimlessly about in search of something that he cannot find, believing that he is what he is not. 45. The lingering illusion will impel him to seek out a thousand idols and to seek beyond them for a thousand more. And each will fail him, all excepting one, for he will die and does not understand the idol that he seeks is but his death. Its form appears to be outside himself. Yet does he seek to kill God's Son within and prove that he is victor over him. This is the purpose every idol has. For this the role that is assigned to it and this the role that cannot be fulfilled. Thank you, Lee. Paula, 45 and 46, please. The lingering, the lingering illusion will impel him to seek out a thousand idols and to seek beyond them for a thousand more. And each will fail him, all except one. For he will die and does not understand the idols that he seeks is but his death. It is for him... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> it is form, it's, its form appears to be outside himself. Yet does he seek to kill God's son within and prove that he is victor over him. This is the purpose every idol has, for this the role that is assigned to it, and this the role that cannot be fulfilled. 46. Whenever you attempt to reach a goal in which the body's betterment is cast as major beneficiary, you try to bring about your death. For you believe that you can suffer lack, and lack is death. To sacrifice is to give up, and thus to be without, and to have suffered loss. And by this giving up is life renounced. Seek not outside yourself. The search implies you are not whole within, and fear to look upon your devastation and prefer to seek outside yourself for what you are. Thank you, Paula. Fran, 46 and 47, please. 46. Whenever you attempt to reach a goal 
in which the body's betterment is cast as major beneficiary, you try to bring about your death. For you believe that you can suffer lack, and lack is death. To sacrifice is to give up, and thus to be without, and to have suffered loss. And by this giving up is life renounced. Seek not outside yourself. The search implies you are not whole within and fear to look upon your devastation and prefer to seek outside yourself for what you are. 47. Idols must fall because they have no life, and what is lifeless is a sign of death. You came to die, and what would you expect but to perceive the signs of death you seek? No sadness and no suffering proclaims a message other than an idol found that represents a parody of life in which in its lifelessness is really death, conceived as real and then giving form. Yet each must fail and crumble and decay because a form of death cannot be life and what is sacrificed cannot be whole. Thank you, Fran. Uh, excuse me, Ida, 47 and 48, please. Ida, are you on mute? Uh, 47 and 48, please. Okay. Uh, 47. Idols must fall because they have no life, and what is lifeless is a sign of death. You came to die, and what would you expect but to perceive the signs of death you seek? No sadness and no suffering proclaims a message other than an idol found that represents a parody of life, which in its lifelessness is really death, conceived as real and given living form. Yet each must fail and crumble and decay because a form of death cannot be life and what is sacrificed cannot be whole. 48. All idols of this world were made to keep the truth within from being known to you and to maintain allegiance to the dream that you must find what is outside yourself to be complete and happy. It is vain to worship idols in the hope of peace. God dwells within, and your completion lies in him. No idol takes his place. Look not to idols. Do not seek outside yourself. Let us forget the purpose of the world the past has given it, for otherwise the future will be like the past and but a series of depressing dreams in which all idols fail you one by one and you see death and disappointment everywhere. Thank you, Reverend Rucha. Carl, 48 and 49, please. All idols of this world were made to keep the truth within from being known to you and to maintain allegiance to the dream that you must find what is outside yourself to be complete and happy. It is vain to worship idols in the hope of peace. 
God dwells within, and your completion lies in him. No idol takes his place. Look not to idols. Do not seek outside yourself. Let us forget the purpose of the world the past has given it, for otherwise the future will be like the past and but a series of depressing dreams in which all idols fail you one by one and you see death and disappointment everywhere. 49. To change all this and, and open up a road of hope and of release in what appeared to be an endless circle of despair, you need but to decide you do not know the purpose of the world. You give it goals it does not have, and thus you decide what it is for. What it is for. You try to see it. You try to see in it a place of idols found outside yourself, with power to make complete what is within by splitting what you are between the two. You choose your dreams, for they are what you wish, perceived as if it had been given you. Your idols do what you would have them do and have the power you ascribe to them. And you pursue them vainly in the dream because you want their power as your own. Thanks, Carl. So do we have a new reader for 49 and 50, please? This is Harrison. I will read. Thanks, Harrison. To change all this and open up a road of hope and of release and what appeared to be an endless circle of despair, you need but to decide you do not know the purpose of the world. You give it goals it does not have. And thus do you decide what it is for. You try to see in it a place of idols found outside yourself with power to make complete what is within by splitting what you are between the two. You choose your dreams for they are what you wish, perceived as if it had been given you. Your idols do what you would have them do and have the power you ascribe to them. And you pursue them vainly in the dream because you want their power as your own. Fifty. Yet where are dreams but in a mind asleep? And can a dream succeed in making the pictures it projects outside itself? Save time, my brothers. Learn what time is for and speed the end of idols in a world made sad and sick by seeing idols there. Your holy minds are altars unto God, and where he is, 
no idols can abide. The fear of God is but the fear of loss of idols. It is not the fear of loss of your reality, but you have made your reality an idol which you must protect against the light of truth. And all the world becomes the means by which this idol can be saved. Salvation thus appears to threaten life and offer death. Thanks, Harrison. And do we have a new reader, please, for 50 and 51? This is Mary. Thanks, Mary. Yet where are dreams but in a mind asleep? And can a dream succeed in making real the pictures it projects outside itself? Save time, my brothers. Learn what time is for. And speed the end of idols in a world made sad and sick by seeing idols there. Your holy minds are altars unto God. And where he is, no idols can abide. The fear of God is but the fear of loss of idols. It is not the fear of loss of your reality. But you have made of your reality an idol which you must protect against the light of truth. And all the world becomes the means by which this idol can be saved. Salvation thus appears to threaten life and offer death. 51. It is not so. Salvation seeks to prove there is no death and only life exists. The sacrifice of death is nothing lost. An idol cannot take the place of God. Let him remind you of his love for you and do not seek to drown his voice in chants of deep despair to idols of yourself. Seek not outside your Father for your hope, for hope of happiness is not despair. Thank you, Mary. 51. It is not so. Salvation seeks to prove there is no death and only life exists. The sacrifice of death is nothing lost. An idol cannot take the place of God. And let him remind you of his love for you. And do not seek to drown his voice in chants of deep despair to idols of yourself. Seek not outside your father for your hope. For hope of happiness is not despair. Amen. Floor is open. Good morning, everybody. Lee here. Um, we have, um, in this section, 
we have 10 references to a phrase that he introduced in the prior section, in paragraph 37 of this same chapter, we were told, forgiving dreams are means to step aside from dreaming of a world outside yourself. Forgiving dreams are means to step aside from dreaming of a world outside yourself. This phrase, outside yourself, he'll repeat again ten times in these uh, nine paragraphs. Or ten, whatever, however many paragraphs. So that's the feature. That's what he's featuring um, throughout this section. And interestingly, the way he begins the reference to how I seek outside myself is to remind me in the beginning of paragraph 44 that my notion that outside of myself will I find something that brings me happiness and peace cannot be true if he says everything is in me. If everything is in him, he says, this cannot be so. So that's the antidote in one sentence to all these references for how I seek outside myself for that which I hope will bring me the completion that I feel I lack. But if everything is in me, it cannot be so. That I'll find what fulfills me in something outside in something that I relate to as though it were outside me. There is something very full and complete about what he wants to bring me to in the recognition of my identity that encompasses all things and leads me to understand everything is in me. Everything that fulfills me is in me and the only sense of my lack of completion comes from not recognizing what I genuinely am or relating to myself in a way that, um, that uh, is um, profoundly mistaken. As he describes in that sentence where he says something very similar and so he, and so he proceeds across the world believing he is what he is not. That's exactly what he begins this course with having told me. I live my life day to day believing I am what I'm not and not recognizing how wondrous my reality genuinely is and how transformative that would be to my experience of this life. Thanks, I'm complete. Beautiful, Lee. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lee, for your insight. Uh, I think perhaps I made a mistake when I read the first passages I thought I was being asked to read. I don't know. I had. This is the first time I read it without 
without the speaker. But I needed the speaker to hear what was going on, but then I felt that I was asked to read, so I, I took off the speaker. And anyway, I'm sure it wasn't a big deal, but I apologize in any case that that's what happens. I'm complete. No, I'm not complete. <laughs> um, this, the meaning of these paragraphs, um, I wonder, you know, if I took that to an extreme, I wouldn't do anything, right? Because isn't like eating breakfast, thinking outside myself for something? Um talking to other people, um, reading a book, going to work. I seem like all of that could be construed as seeking outside myself. And then if I didn't do any of those things, then I probably would die. I mean, if I stopped eating, and then that's the thing to get into the thing he doesn't want us to do which is to worship death. And I don't know, I feel like I could be way off base here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pass with that idea on and I'm complete. Thank you. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thanks for bringing that up, Ida. Can I offer um, a view? of the integration of your visibility and tangibility as your identification, that's your body, your responsibility to listen, learn, and do is to take care of the body while you listen and learn, but not do with an aggrandizement of your own idea of yourself. Merely to use your identification, to care for your identification, so that you can look out, as Raj says, to another part of yourself, look into its eyes, and see God, which is our purpose in the atonement and our joy in the end. It's all one in your brother. It's all one in your body. It's all one in your God. It's all one in the voice speaking or the page speaking to you. That seems to me where the impetus should be to care for the body. Complete.
Thank you, Rob. 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 That was probably the most beautiful way I've ever heard anyone explain what the body is for. That makes complete sense. Thank you. I'm complete. Yeah, I, I agree. That was great, Rob. Thank you. Um, to give you a background on this, and you know what, guys, um, you, you don't have to thank me for my comments. It's, it's just that that you are able to think about them is quite satisfaction enough. I I came in a strange manner, first from John the Baptist's view, and seeing that he failed to understand the truth of the Savior of the mind, then moved through the Gospel of Thomas to the Course. And the Course began to explain the reason for Jesus appearing in a body and for him making comments to Thomas about what the body is. That, that is a, called the Book of Thomas, where he explains the body to Thomas. So I'm always looking for good reasoning, and Raj gave me the best reasoning when he talked about visibility and tangibility so that you can relate to the other part of yourself. And the care that you must take of the body was emphasized by my experience relative to the kinds of things that could happen if you did not maintain it while you were listening and learning. So I uh, came from that, that bodily rooting to the, to the final mind where there was some mix-up from John the Baptist in the early days of not being sure that his brother was the answer. And I tried to avoid that. Uh, I want to keep the voice of, of uh, Jesus in whatever form I can assure myself that that's it. And that's what gave me the, the root. That's the entomology of my thought. I don't know whether it would help for you all to look at that, but there it is, complete. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. This is Sharon, and I have another um, additional thought about this. Um, you mentioned, I'm sorry, I, I totally forgot who asked the question. Was it Ida? Ida, I yes, it was. Either you were talking about reading a book or um, other things that we do in our daily lives, uh, what about those things? They seem to be outside of ourselves, so should we not engage in them? And the way I look at, at it is this. If I am looking at them as a means to my happiness, the external events that I am experiencing through my body, then I am not going to experience it. I won't experience peace. But if I see myself as going through this moment right now, doing, what am I doing right now? I'm brushing my hair, getting ready for work. If I'm doing this with, in a state of, of love of myself and thinking of 
of uh, connecting with others like I am with you right now, then I am joining with my true self. It's not about what I do, it's how I do it and my intention in it. Thank you. I'm complete. Right, the intention. Complete. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you so much, Sharon. That was great. I feel like people who listen to this as a recording later will also appreciate what you just explained. But I'm complete. Thank you. They may very well appreciate your question too, Ida. Thanks for that question. Oh, that's great. You're welcome. It's a it's yes. a penetrating question, and uh, and I'm and I'm guessing if we had time, everyone could go around Robin and and uh, offer an answer. The answer that comes to me very quickly about um, uh, isn't isn't anything I address um, that's outside my skin, working with outside myself to try and find some benefit. And and here's my thought about. Um, what he means when he speaks to me about seeking outside myself. What he is telling me in the Course is that I have access to an experience of myself that is so rich and fulfilling that I feel I have no hole within me. There's no aching hole, no aching feeling orphaned, or feeling disconnected or incomplete, that there's an experience available to each of us that is so fulfilling that we feel unto ourselves loved, complete, and whole. In that experience, he says, my experience of the world would be that the world reflects that completion. There would be a unity between myself and all others, a sense of holiness about what I am that permeates and extends to all things. No limitation in terms of what that completion encompasses. In the absence of that experience, look what happens. I feel a hole within myself and not realizing that I have within myself the ability to fill that hole, I seek outward. I look outside myself for that experience or that um, achievement or attainment, thing, condition, state, wealth, power, influence, something that I think will fill that hole. That, I think, is what he's really describing as the idols of the world and what the idols are given the task of trying to do for me that, of course, they're incapable of doing because the only way of fulfilling that hole, the only way of achieving and the recognition of my completion comes from inside. I'm complete. Thanks again, Aya. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. That was great. Yeah, thanks, Thank you, Lee.
Thank you, Lee. In the book Graduation by Paul Tuttle and Jesus is Raj, um, the emphasis on getting together to do something outside the parent is the separation, implying that getting together to find the parent being the opposite, being the correct orientation, which I think is the impetus of graduation. And again, I say, anybody who does not have graduation or cannot find it, it's on the website for the Northwest Foundation. Uh, I will give them a copy. Complete. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Chris had to step away, um, so I'll be. Um, facilitating the rest of the call and would love to just provide an opportunity for those that haven't had a chance to say good morning, say they're with us. Good morning, this is Anna. I'm listening. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, Anna. Hi, Anna. Hi, this is Fran. When we read this, I realized that I was making an idol out of other people's behavior and my behavior. I have a a friend, and we had a plan to do something, and she backed out of it because she got a better offer. And then that happens repeatedly, and it always makes me so angry with her. And reading this, I realize that I have made an idol out of the way people behave. And look, and I'm thinking about when it said about the thing about death, and I, I said to myself, why, why would I do that? Why would I care what this person does? And I was thinking because if somebody behaves the way I have decided they should behave, that means I'm loved. And if they don't behave the way I think is right, then I think I'm fearful that I'm not loved. And so I got to that point with this, and then I realized that not only do I have to realize that I'm making an idol out of this behavior, I have to see the innocence under everyone's behavior. I'm getting better at it. But it's only when I see people on TV that I'm really good at it because they're at a distance. But I realize, like with this person, I cannot make an idol out of her behavior or my behavior. It's just to see the innocence under everyone's behavior, including Donald Trump's. (laughs) Anyway, I'm complete. (laughs) I'm complete. That's wonderful. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. 
Thank you, friend. That really is true for me as well. Thank you. Thank you, friends. <clears throat> this is Sharon. I would add to that that I judge whether or not I am lovable depending on another person's behavior. And that, that gets back to, like, what about my evaluation? If my evaluation were to be poor, I would think that I was not valuable. Or if somebody were to... Um, to, um, what's the word, um, discount me in, a, in whatever way, I would think that I wasn't lovable or valuable. So it gets down to that. So I need to keep on looking within to discover who I truly am. Every time I doubt it, it's because I'm not doing that. And so I, it's just a great reminder if it happens. Oh, Sharon, remember... Replenish yourself from that big, beautiful fountain within of knowledge of who you truly are and who really loves me. Thank you, Emily. Yeah, Sharon, that's great. Thank you. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. That fountain of luminous, living water that Jesus insisted he was only the tender of, pointing back to God, the luminous fountain of living water. Complete. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Living and luminous begins to describe the reality I think he's suggesting each of us has access to as a result of the Holy Spirit's work. Living and luminous. Yes. Uh, enlivened and vital. If, if I think for a moment about, um, about the life of Jesus and I realize that Jesus was awake, Jesus was awake, his mind was lifted to clarity. So his mind was free of sleep. And we're told in 50, dreams only arise in a mind asleep. Now we begin to understand, or now I begin to get, that the Course is telling me that the mind can be awake in clarity or asleep. And when it sleeps, instead of being awakened, it generates dreams. And he gives me the nature of the dreams. The dreams are the belief that I'm separate from each of you in some really distinct way. The belief that arises in dreams is that my body is actually what I am and it represents actually where I am instead of just being a tool by which I as a spiritual being navigate and move about across this shared space this shared world so I completely mistakenly relate to the body I mistakenly relate to you 
having fallen asleep, I can't relate to anything as it is or anyone as they are. That whole version of reality now becomes an idol that I seek to maintain. So I fight waking up because if I'm awakened to clarity, to Jesus' perspective toward this life and toward the world, I'm fearful of all I'll have to um, sacrifice of all that I've known based on what I've taken things to mean. That's what this whole paragraph 50 is telling me. Where are dreams but in a mind asleep? And can a dream succeed in making real the pictures it projects outside itself? Save time and learn what time's for. Spin the, speed the end of idols in a world made sad and sick by seeing idols there. Your holy minds are altars unto God. And where he is, no idols can abide. This next sentence really goes to the heart of things for me. My fear of God is but the fear of loss of idols. It's not the fear of loss of my reality. Sharon, I'm so grateful that you highlighted the next sentence, the next two sentences, because I had overlooked them, and they, they seem pivotal to this section for me. But you have made of your reality an idol which you must protect against the light of truth. And all the world becomes the means by which this idol can be saved. I have made of my reality in other words, I have considered what's real about me to be an idol, which now, because I believe in it, I have to protect against the light of truth. So I'm actually fighting my own awakening. I have such an investment in how I presently relate to this life and this world that I don't want to be awakened to what this life and world would represent without my dreams overlaying and distorting everything. And all the world as I relate to it now, I utilize as a means by which this idol can be saved. This idol of my view of reality that is so ego-bound and ego-defined it's an, it's an enormous um, reminder to me that there's a huge investment within me to keeping things the way they are and not allowing Holy Spirit to stir me to wakefulness. But stirring me to wakefulness, according to this section, is the only way I'll find the actual source of my completion and quit looking in the world at large for, for the source of my completion. Responding to the Holy Spirit is the only way that I quit protecting the idol I've made of my version of the world. And um, will respond to his offer that I be gently awakened. I'll complete things. Thank you, Lee. This is Sharon. I, as you were talking um, about... Well, as you were speaking, I got this distinct image of the push me, pull you. Who is that? Who wrote about that? 
um, is that Dr. Sis? I don't remember. But the push me pull, no, Dr. Doodle, uh, Dr. Doodle, I think. Um, I am going, I am, <laughs> the conflict in, within me, go home, stay here, go home, stay here, is just like that push me pull you. And it's kind of fun to think of it in that comical way because it lightens it up. It's like, it's have to, I have to do that. It's the dance I'm doing, at least right now, and it's okay. It's, um, I just encourage that part of me that is moving forward, and when the other part of me pulls me back, okay, all right, well, all right, you did that, but that's okay, because I'm going to come right back again. That's okay. Thank you. I'm complete. Yeah, that's neat. Neat idea. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, Sharon. Lee's bringing it back to the text. makes the le- the uh, text live all the time. He has a knack for that. And um, I think that's the, the thing that makes me most joyful when I, when I can be involved with somebody who is doing that and look into his eyes and see God. Complete. Boy, thanks, Rob. I agree. He's got a knack for that. And it's funny because when I read the paragraph and then Lee talks about it, <clears throat> I can remember over my life having little flickers of this kind of thought. But it was never clear. It just, that's why to me, um, this whole course is just so sensible, so logical, so practical, you know, just because of those little flickers over my life that I didn't quite understand. I'm complete. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. Joyous. Yeah, Joyous thanks, Rob. Thanks, Lee. Thanks so much. Um, I'm going to share something fairly personal with you, and yet it's very common to everyone. Um, I've been feeling not felt that whole that Lee talked about. I really felt that and from hearing him talk about it, I feel like, you know, he has experienced that too. And perhaps we all have. I'm sure we all have at some point. And you know, I've tried to fill it with different things outside myself. And I think that Sarah mentioned somebody mentioned um the intent of for instance, if it's food, am I doing it because I want to fill that hole? Or am I doing it to maintain my body so it can help lead me to salvation? So um, so I like that. And, but more than that, and I thought with everything I've done that, that I needed to change my life now drastically, and I needed to fulfill my dreams. And I dream of becoming like, and not famous, but a well-known course teacher or, or something on that order. And I feel like my life would have to, you know, drastically change in order for something like that to happen. And then... 
So I signed the four quarters. I came at the right time that I was thinking about this. Um, from a famous teacher of um, Joe Vitale was featured in The Secret and all this stuff. And um, and again, I think when I hear do not seek outside yourself, I'm like, well, is that seeking outside myself? And am I trying to get something outside of myself to make me happy? Because but I, I feel like if I were in the position, that kind of position that I was dreaming of, that I could help people. And then I also heard this thing with, well, I'm not sure if it was with Raj or... I don't think it was with Rock. I think it was with Brent Haskell um, channeling Jesus at Joshua saying the script is written. And in that piece, um, Joshua was talking about um, the allotted time that's already appointed for each of us to accept each other for himself and all. And so, because of that, or or because of something, um, he's saying, if it brings you joy, do it. It's like saying the, the other part, it doesn't matter what you do, you cannot make the world worse or better by whatever you do. And then he says, do what gives you joy. If it doesn't give you joy to study this course, ACIM, don't do it. Do what gives you joy in this world. And so that's pretty much all I have to say. And, of course, I'm eagerly awaiting your comments, and I know they are coming from a loving and understanding humanity um, type of space. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank, Thank you, Ida. Yes. You have three hours in. Thank you, Al. Ida. You're welcome. The starting statement to the disciples in the Gospel of Thomas, as he speaks to their duality, in the question that they ask to begin with, because they're used to world interpretive religious guidance, do you want us to fast? How shall we pray? What foods may we eat? Shall we give to charity? The answer is, do not lie, nor do what you dislike. For all things are clear before heaven. I'm complete. Thanks, Rob. Um, I don't know if anybody else is has a burning desire, but I'd uh, I'd like to share. Love paragraph price. Thank you. Paragraph forty-nine has a formula. How do I get rid of the lingering illusion? To change all this and open up a road of hope and of release 
In what appeared to be an endless circle of despair, you need but to decide you do not know the purpose of the world. There's my release. It's that simple. I know it's not that simple. But there's a couple of things in this section that are very important to bring out, at least for me. In paragraph 44, it says, No one who comes here must still have hope. Some lingering illusion or some dream that there is something outside himself that will bring happiness and peace to him. That's not what the world is for. Now, the question for me is, uh, what does this mean, no one who comes here? Where is here? He also says a little lower in the same paragraph, this is the purpose he bestows upon the body that it seek for what he lacks and give him what would make himself complete. Again, he's giving purpose to the world, purpose to his body, and thus he wanders aimlessly. Um, and then I'm looking for the other part here, maybe somebody else, but it's another inference that um, I'm here. Possibly it could be interpreted in the world to actually seek for some lingering illusion. I don't, I don't believe that's what he means by here. Here is the dream of what purpose we're giving to the world and to the body. And when I'm not, um, when I'm not in a state of asking what is this for, I've made a decision what it's for. And when I've made a decision, I'm, and, and it's not the purpose that I am all, and to know that I'm already complete, and this section also talks about uh, one other key um, key factor in uh, the remedy, and that's knowing what time is for. What is the purpose of time, it says, in uh, what paragraph was that? Which really ties in well with our lesson and also with Paula. Uh, yeah, it's in, in paragraph 50. Uh, it says, yet where are dreams but in a mind asleep? And can a dream succeed in making real the pictures it projects outside itself? Save time, my brothers. Learn what time is for. So I've done two things that make up my mind about what the world is for, and I also am not aware of what time is for. So I need to have both of those ideas as uh, part of the solution. First of all, I'm not here for myself. It says in the very last section here, seek not outside your father for your hope. 
this whole section that says seek not outside yourself. For me, means seek. He says here at the very, very bottom, seek not outside your Father, the one who gives me my purpose, the one who created me, the one I need to ask for everything. And that transforming mindset where I'm set and my hope is fixed on my Father's revelation of what everything is for when I'm attuned to that relationship with Him. I'm not looking for satisfaction outside of myself and things, experiences, meeting the body's needs and all these other things. I seek ye first the kingdom of God. What is that? What's in myself? The truth of who I am, one with God and one with everything. Everything is one with me and God, and that's the remedy for me today to understand the world is not the cause of my illusion, and I am not the cause of the world's illusion or the fact that I'm in it. I have to let the past and all my ideas about the past and all the ideas about the world, everything about my purpose completely go and then ask, what is this all for in every moment? Knowing that in the answer, and this is the last thing I just want to share again, uh, and I'm thankful to Paul again this morning for bringing this up, but I just want to, again, give the, this um, yet this is what time is for, to learn just this and nothing more, which is uh, imagine what it means to have no cares, no worries, no anxieties, but to merely be perfectly calm and quiet all the time. I'm complete. Thank Very you, Bryce. illuminating. Thank you, Bryce. <clears throat> Thank you, Bryce. That was great. That was really enjoyable, Bryce. Thanks. Thank you, Bryce. You really have an understanding. I really, I just, yeah, just 10 10, 10 seconds. I I really want to see the truth about everything. Um, And I'm so thankful for the words of Jesus in each of you. Thank you so much. Sorry, Rob. Uh, Sorry, Lee. I'll forgive the interruption, Bryce. That was great. We have time maybe for one more burning share, um, perhaps from someone that hasn't had an opportunity this morning. I heard Paula. Yeah, it was me. I wanted Forgive to, me. Yeah, there we to go. Those people that, uh, what Bryce was alluding to about what I brought up, and that was that um, this morning's workbook call. And the lesson for the day is, you know, about time. This instant is the only time there is. And I referenced chapter 15, the purpose of time and the introduction, where it goes on to say, just imagine where there's no time and you have no anxiety, no problems, no sadness. And it goes on to say that what is time's purpose but for us to heal. 
And there are a few paragraphs that spoke to me too, and that was 8, 9, 10, and 11. So that's what Bryce was alluding to, because that was our practice for the day, our lesson about time and the use of time and to have faith. I'm complete. Thank you, Paula. Thank you. Thank you, Paula. Thank you, Paula. Thank you, Paula. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Paula. Thank you, Paula. I think to ask, is there perhaps another burning share from someone <laughs> that uh, hasn't had an opportunity? This is Carl. Um, let's see, 48. There's a sentence that, uh, for me, gives me a clue about what perpetuates time. He says, let us forget the purpose of the world. The past has given it. You know, the past is nothing but, in the future, is nothing but a collection of thoughts. Okay, there is no past. It's just what we think about the past. So he says, for otherwise, if, if if we so he's 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 saying if if we give the past a purpose then we give the future power for otherwise the future will be like the past and but a series of depressing dreams so what this says to me to me this this is like how time um is powered it's powered through our thoughts of the past, of what we, how we think of the past, what we think about the past, and and then that creates or makes, maybe in coarse terms, a future. Because uh, as we think, everything's thought. As we think about the past, then the future becomes like what we think about the past. And if we could just learn to live in the now, the eternal now, and to let the past go, then the past would not have an influence on the future, and perhaps time would cease to exist I don't know, that's a big thought, but uh, I've been thinking about that. I'm complete. Thanks for sharing that with us, Carl. Thanks. Thank you, Carl. Very Very good. Thank you, Carl. That was great. I appreciate all the comments. We're uh, at that point of the day where I think I'll turn it over to Reverend Regent and ask for your closing. Thank you, Lee. Thanks, everybody. We'll uh, just take a few moments to close our eyes and draw the awareness within. And we relax. We get ready to go on with our day. Staying in that uh, place of stillness. It's always there when we open to it. It never leaves us. We leave it. (laughs) And today we we're learning of the lingering illusion 
how curious I, I was to learn what is this lingering illusion. And uh, we read that just by coming to this place of seeming change, I had forgotten who I am and hoped to find my true identity here. I came and forgot that I, that I actually chose to come here to remember. Quote, no one who comes here but must still have hope, some lingering illusion or some dream that there is something outside of himself that will bring happiness and peace to him, unquote. And what this tells me is that I made the choice to come here. I am not a victim of some fluke of nature. It was my choice, however much deluded in its purpose, or so it seemed. And this uh, lingering illusion, I thought I could find my identity beyond myself. And it has guided me. And yet, I can make another choice and open to the truth. Quote, the lingering illusion will impel him to seek out a thousand idols and to seek beyond them for a thousand more. And each one will fail him, all excepting one. For he will die and does not understand that the idol that he seeks is but his death. Unquote. And now I come face to face with the last illusion that of death and come to know that this lingering illusion of finding what I am outside of myself is all smoke and mirrors. What is real cannot be threatened, and nothing unreal exists. I am the eternal Son of God. And so we pray, Father, Mother, God, how insistent is your message today? For it is a message which will reverse my thinking and bring me to my true identity as your eternal, holy child. I am that which I am seeking. It is not outside of me. As I hear you tell me, quote, Seek not outside yourself, for it will fail. And you will weep each time an idol falls. There is no other answer you can substitute and find happiness. His answer brings. You tell me, quote, seek not outside yourself, for all your pain comes simply from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it must be found. You tell me again, seek not outside yourself. The search implies you are not whole within and fear to look upon your devastation and prefer to seek outside yourself for what you are. You tell me, do not seek outside yourself. Let us forget the purpose of the world the past has given it. An idol cannot take the place of God. Let him remind you of his love for you and do not seek to drown his voice in chants of deep despair to idols of yourself. Seek not outside your Father for your hope. God dwells within and your completion lies in him. And so it is. Amen. Thank you, everybody.
Amen. 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 Wonderful, Reverend Rija. Thank you, dear. Yeah, thank you. Amen. Blessed day, you all. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks.